0: Welcome everybody to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback
1: are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer.
2: Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet.
3: Keep my neck even. <laughs>
2: Uh, are we gonna go into that? <laughs> the cap neck. <laughs> oh, God. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me from the table, as always, we've got Captain. Nunn. Hello. What's happening? A little quick on the draw there. I'm still speaking, sir. How dare you fucking hey, interrupt me? You introduced me, and I'm just introducing myself. Yes, I'm but creative. I hadn't even gotten the words out of my so mouth. Going, hello. <laughs> so welcome to my show.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we've got dear friend Terry with us today. Introduce yourself. Say hello.
1: Hello, <laughs> howdy, y'all.
0: Howdy,
3: y'all. she <laughs> has been in uh, North Carolina too long already. Oh, but right?
1: yeah, I'm still missing my pair of cowboy boots, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I've been searching. I've been searching. I still haven't found the perfect pair. But now, are we'll you get there. actually going
0: to get a pair, or is it? Fuck
1: just... yeah, I'm not kidding I about know, that. That was just one of those. Well, send no, some hair now. no, well... I've actually seen a few pairs at. Um, What's it called? Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo But they're not, they just don't fit my, you know. Have you
0: been to the rat's nest? I
1: haven't. Everyone keeps saying that. If you want a good
0: pair of cowboy boots, you gotta go to the rat's nest.
1: I just haven't had a chance. But I saw a pair of white ones and they just look massive on me. And then I saw brown ones, but they're just, no. I need a perfect (laughs) pair, like black boots. That's all I need. So I will get there eventually. When I do, I'll come back to the show. (laughs) And then we'll make an episode solely about my transition into a cowgirl, like an official North Carolina cowgirl. Yes.
3: Oh, but we can I'm gonna get you the Stetson or the Brett Michaels cowboy hat too. Oh
1: my God, please. <laughs> <laughs> please.
0: That would seriously be so awesome.
1: <laughs> Lord Oh my God, yes. And then we're making a cover band, mm-hmm. the three of us. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah,
0: perfect. Great. No,
3: <laughs> no, no you're, the, you're the old woman rocking out in front of the 80s cover Ooh bands.
1: Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> that's been my goal like when I get old enough I want to be that person <laughs> obnoxiously giving everyone the show that no one asked for and no one deserves <laughs> we've
0: been doing that. that for 39 episodes yeah.
1: now. <laughs> okay, good. no one
0: asked for this <laughs> so we I'm just... in the
1: right place exactly <laughs> Yep.
0: this is where narcissistic ideas thrive <laughs> oh, perfect
1: I'll fit right in
0: <laughs> no but um, you've actually had a little bit of history with the show you called the voicemail number
1: and that's how yeah. we met yes. yes a few weeks
0: later we met up down at the down south showdown in atlanta yeah and where you where were you living at that point
1: i was in so that was january i think i was in winston-salem
0: okay wow so you actually made a further trek down than we did for that
1: wait no wait this was you were greensboro no yeah okay i'm confusing it with last okay i was in greensboro okay. and um I had gone to the show last year um, and I liked it so much, I decided I was just gonna keep on coming. Right. And then um, I was checking the webpage, well not the webpage, but like the Facebook page, and I saw, I like to listen to the bands before I see them, so right. I actually know what's going on.
2: How did and that then-
1: um, I saw you guys from North Carolina. I'm like, hell oh, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. And then when I was going through Spotify, they correlate your your podcast with your band's page. And then I started listening to it. I'm like, they sound pretty cool. And then, <laughs> oh, they, they did
2: We're going to
0: fuck with them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sound like a no, ton kind of people I'd be friends with. And
0: then... What do you know? Do you know? Right on. <laughs> no, and, and I do really find that awesome because it really feels like because we do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. if there's like a national act coming through that we've always wanted to see or whatever like a festival like that we always want to make sure and check out all the bands because the last thing we want to do is be like oh there's only three bands we want to see on this only show up for those and then it's like oh, damn, two years later, you actually wind up listening to the other yeah. bands that were on it. It's like, oh, my God, I missed out on seeing these guys yeah. when they were, when they were actually playing this, and now they're, you know, way out of that league. Oh, my God, I totally missed out. So
2: sure. I would
0: never want that to happen. And plus, new music, you've already paid. Mm-hmm. you got to find out what you're going to listen to. So it just feels like sometimes musicians are sometimes the only ones that really dig into that mm-hmm. <clears throat> at times. So to find someone Especially from the outside of it that you know, at least not that I'm aware of, you've never really played in any sort of band or Not whatnot. really, no, no, But you've always supported your friends' bands, and yeah. you've always been very active in the music scene. So that's same thing with, like, we always praise folks at the rim. It's like you do the exact same thing. So that's right. something I've always admired about you, and I've always Aww. found awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I try to do
1: that, um, especially because I was so involved in the scene back at home in Puerto Rico um, after being exposed to the Expert first transition. show. transition. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to lead in with
0: that, because I was going to say, you've hopped around living in a few places, yeah. but your origin is from Puerto Rico. Yep. So definitely lead in with more uh, of
1: that. Yeah, so I was saying, um, because of my exposure to the first uh, Down South Showdown, I met all these fans. That's how I ended up meeting Paint Fumes, who are now very dear friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to allow myself to be be friends with those people here and kind of create that community for myself. And it so happens that everyone is so distributed throughout the States, which in part, it kind of sucks because you don't get to see these people all the time, but it also fucking rules because you can get to travel to see these. Right. So uh, I really like that. And then um, I, I really try to do that. I try to be involved. And I'm just one of those friends who's like the very supportive mom friend. And <laughs> so I'm always very proud. And if I can be... You know, available and I can be there to show my support. I will. You know, I know it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of passion. And even if it's just one person that shows up, you know, that band is going to appreciate it. So I try to do that.
0: So, um, so how old were you um, when you were still living in Puerto Rico and eventually moved to the states? Where and were you able to experience much of the um, music scene?
1: Um, Well, I moved here about a year and a half ago. Oh wow! Okay. I moved so. So, what
0: was the music scene in Puerto Rico like, especially compared to here in this?
1: so um i want to say it's pretty small but it's also very active and it's very strong
2: okay
1: um there are always shows going on and some of these bands are now traveling out of puerto rico and you know doing their stuff um and even like at this point after hurricane maria and even prior to that a lot of bands would actually go to puerto rico and play like for example paid fumes has played there a few times slovenly had a show this past february uh i think tommy and the commies were there Uh, black lips were playing uh ladrones were playing there as Mm -hmm. well uh but there were a lot of uh, bands from the states that were playing there and they're kind of i mean i love them their sound is very particular like you listen to it it's fast it's dirty griny but it's so passionate and it comes from a place of, you know, just being tired of the situation that we're living in, right. the very dire situation. And so that anger and that, you know, their exhaustion, you can listen to it through their music. Um, but they are elitist. <laughs> as much as I love it. Like, I remember when I started first hanging out there, um, I got introduced by a person that I used to date back then and they did not fucking like me. Cause they didn't know me first of all, and they all kind of grew up together, and they were just thinking that I was some random girl trying to be popular, like a right. drunken socialite, or you know. Right. And then uh, the more I got to know them, they th- slowly but surely started to open up to me. And then he and I broke up, and then they realized that I was even cooler than <laughs> they thought. There Always <laughs> always
0: make it out on top. Look oh yeah. yeah. Uh
1: huh. But then um. Just when I was getting more involved, I was actually trying to do, prior to the hurricane, because I am a cultural anthropologist. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do kind of like a, a documentary, not necessarily, just like a recording of, I don't know, like a a testament of what was going on in that time. Because we were going through... um you know how we have this huge multi billion dollar debt going on and it's affecting yeah. us in every single aspect. And I know that we don't like to get political no, that's about here. But um, so it was showing throughout the music and the art scene. Um, mm-hmm. It was, for example, I remember this one show that I went to. Um, it was at one of these venues that is very well known for hosting punk shows. And they had this make i don't know like a mannequin of trump and they lit it on fire one of these shows so they were turning very political and um i was trying to write about that i was trying to interview a lot of these fans and i wanted to write it um maybe to hopefully make a book or like just have like a page that everyone can like share absolutely and then I was very involved and everyone knew me, but then the hurricane happened. And so that kind of just fell through. Right. And then I spent very little time back at home after, you know, the, the event. I was in Europe when it happened. and I came back for a, a small amount of time just to pick up my stuff and leave again. So wow. um, it's a, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's completely different now if I were to go back. Right. I did go back once, and I didn't have a chance to see them. But a lot of these bands, they have moved. For example, Ladrones is now in Atlanta. Right. There are some other bands that are moving to Chicago. There's other people in New York. So I wonder what it's now. And if I had the opportunity to actually pick up on that project again, I'm sure it would be very interesting um,
0: did you wind up I'm sorry but did you wind up catching any sort of footage or like did you get much done on Um, that sort of aspect I was
1: in like the interviewing process like I would go to as many shows as I could go to like in a span of a week I would go to at least four or five and um, just like I would have like a general conversation with them and tell them, like, this is what I'm trying to do. I would mm. like to maybe see you in the process of either creating or just seeing how the uh, interaction is with the band, or like sit down and talk about your philosophies or, right. you know, anything. Um, no, I was so- just going to
0: say, because if you had had any sort of video stuff beforehand, that actually would be. I think would have an extremely compelling hook.
1: Mm -hmm. If you started
0: it with the old footage, do like stereotypical cut to black screen, white Mm -hmm. text, explain the hurricane, news footage. Um, And then you traveling back and trying to get access to these people again and seeing where they are now. I think that would actually be very
1: interesting. I know, I do. But I actually got to speak to some people that were involved in the scene when it actually started growing. So like 90s basically um and there is footage and everything i've seen a lot of pictures of how these places used to look that before i even re- remotely thought about hanging out there and it's very interesting and i did like contact a few of them and they agreed but because of that right. i mean it's just so sudden so <laughs> right. i didn't get a chance to do any of that but yeah, that's I know unfortunate.
0: But that that would have been something
1: that oh yeah, for hell, sure, I would yeah.
0: I would have jumped on board and been like, all right, we're getting this going now. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Yeah,
3: sure. <laughs> so it sounds like you're still in contact with everybody that uh, was involved before all that happened, like Ladrones and uh, who else were you uh, talking with uh, uh, that were uh, involved? Like what bands?
1: Oh damn, I can't really remember. They don't really play anymore. Um, but I well, think that the only band that I've really kept being friends, like close friends is with ladrones because we were friendly when we lived in Puerto Rico. um, But then We got closer together on our friendships, you know, it became stronger because they moved a month before I did to Atlanta. So we were having the same fucking experience, like moving to the South and being completely alone, not having any friends, not being able to find your community. And then like finding each other in Atlanta was like a fucking reunion and it felt like you were back at home. So that was really, you know, it it gave you kind of like a breather of trying to be this you know new american persona or right. something you know so um it's really cool and i hold them very close to my heart they're they're really awesome and uh
0: yeah, we, we were able to uh, hang out with LaDrona when we were at uh, at the Dallas House Showdown. Yeah. They, they are just amazing people. It was They were one of the f- – because, again, I have mild social anxiety. It's like when I'm at a show, it's a little easier. But you know the things we were going through that night anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was not in the usual I mind know. frame I am. I, I was not in the usual mind frame I am for a show. So I was still a little bit on edge. And – I really didn't want to talk to anyone brand new. It's like I mm-hmm. knew you would be there, so it's like okay, I'm cool with talking with you. But it's like they were the only new people that was just like, oh my god, I love them. Yeah. I actually want to hang yeah. out with them. So it's like I remember it's like they were like, come here, take photos with us. It's like really. Okay. So it's like you know, we we were I was more giddy to like hang out with them, and they were like pulling me in and everything. So it's like you would just have a really cool crew around you. And that's something that I always just, I appreciated. And you can always tell a lot about a person by the people they hang out yeah. with. And I knew as soon as I was like, okay, that's her and her crew. All right, yeah, they're definitely friends. And that's, I'm just really thankful that, you know, you were able to come on and, you know, talk about this sort of thing. And I would, I would especially with you growing up in Puerto Rico, because there's definitely a different musical climate uh, mm-hmm. growing up uh, from the U.S. from that, what was one of the first bands you remember really hearing that grabbed you, that took you down this path?
2: Oh, God. Because
0: being in the U.S., there's, you, you wind up getting the punk rock manual, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. And it's like yeah. it winds up getting homogenized. Right. And with what you were saying, especially too, I understand the elitism from these bands mm-hmm. because... Of the struggles that they're going through it's the same thing as the original punk movement in the 80s they have something so genuine and pure they see a lot of the fakeness that's around and they want to make sure they can keep that pure and I think that's why a lot of it is really good music too Mm -hmm. because the good music comes from a little bit of pain or a little bit of aggression you know if things are going too good the albums kind of suck and that's why sometimes that's why your favorite band when they quote-unquote sell out Make a bad record is because mm-hmm. they're not hungry for it anymore. They're yeah. living in the lap of luxury and they don't have that little bit of a spark of I really need to make some money, so I'm gonna write a fucking good song. <laughs> <laughs> you know that little uh-huh. baby, that little bit of spark is gone. So you know, just kind of with that mindset, I was just always wondering, you know, how that sort of music trickled in and you know just mm-hmm. kind of became part of who you are.
1: Oof, that's hard. <laughs> uh, so because we are a US territory basically Puerto Rico is so americanized it is like, you get the same stuff cuz unfortunately yeah. i am
0: uncultured i've not been outside the states and even in the states i've really only been up and down the east right. coast so it's like I'm um, honestly i'm this is coming from a place of ignorance <laughs> <laughs> i am willing to admit
1: it. um actually we were talking about this a few weeks ago yeah about how my Path to rock and roll started with glam rock. Yeah, like
0: 80s like no, but, that, but that's but shit would. like that. I'd love like to I, see that.
1: Path. When uh, what's that movie called? The uh, that uh that Netflix movie that came out about this oh band? the Motley Crew movie. Yeah, the yeah, dirt. the dirt. Okay, so when that came out, I saw the movie. It took me like three fucking weeks to actually sit down and watch, and I was like, I get it. It's a little cliche, but it's still like I enjoyed it for what it was, and not necessarily right. because it was a great movie. And then I went down this very deep fucking rabbit hole of all these bands. And like, we would like send
3: videos back and forth, we, of, like, yeah, Wasp and, like and making Cinderella fun of each and other. And like I'm like, this. I'm trying.
1: Cool, though. I'm trying to get out of this hole, and you're not helping me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you came to the wrong people. We love this yeah, cheesy he, shit. He kept uh-huh. sending me like
1: really good music, and it just <laughs> oh my god, I remember when I was a kid. Oh shit. They were good, um, I
3: was like, check out this stupid-ass Nate song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but to me, they were good because they made me remind... You know, it reminded me of my childhood. Exactly. And not necessarily because they're good. It's like, oh, good. It hit me right in the heart. <laughs> oh,
2: that's awesome. But
1: yeah. Shla- and then after that, I went into this, you know, email... Uh, my Chemical Romance and, oh, um, you know, like, right. at that face that everyone yeah, has momentarily. And then I really liked, like, 80s and 90s bands... Um, What was the name? Uh, Def Leppard. Def Leppard used to be my favorite band. How did I transition into punk? I think it was when I started hanging out with that scene. And that was pretty late compared to what you guys, when you guys started. Right. I think it was like in my 20s and 21. Um, Because I started dating that person and then I started listening to all these fans. And then I really would listen to just mostly, like, classics, you know, Misfits and um, right. Agent Orange and, you know, all these, you know, any classic punk band. Right, the textbook, and then, the manual. Yeah, t- yeah exactly, <laughs> like the textbook. And then um, also I got really exposed into Spanish punk, which mm-hmm. is really, it's different. It has this, even though, like, you'll find very good bands in mexico and argentina and spain they all kind of have this similar sound um but it wasn't until i moved here that i started listening to contemporary if you want to call it that way i started actually meeting the bands and that's how i got mostly um what's the word like I really delved into it, and and I started actually spending time, wanting to learn more about it, and being right. exposed to it. So, uh, pretty much yeah, a roller coaster of it's
2: all <laughs> over the place, glam,
1: <laughs> glam rock, and my chemical romance. Yeah. <laughs> Cap, I don't think I've ever really gone down
0: that trail with you. What what was your uh, move to all of a sudden liking rock and roll?
3: Oh, just rock and roll in general.
0: My yeah, because I don't think you really ever went through a punk phase.
3: Actually, was as far as punk rock goes, uh, I was playing guitar at, at my late teens. I wanted to play guitar because of Led Zeppelin and the Eagles. My, the Eagles, I So Cooper. okay,
0: well then, yeah, that's a whole well, other let's, podcast. Let's back, up, let's back up a little further. Then, what was the first band that you really grabbed you? As say like let you know Def Leppard say that was the first band that really grabbed mm-hmm. you what was the first one that like grabbed you by the heart or the nuts and was like yes band
3: uh, probably ACDC
0: really yeah back in
3: black because I was raised on like Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles and I still love that stuff to an extent today right. but ACDC was the one that made me go like oh shit mom and dad don't know about this <laughs>
0: About how old were you when you kind of discovered them?
3: I was twelve years old. Really, it was ACDC dc and then Kiss. It's like nice. Kiss came a little later, right. and uh, all music dwarfed
0: after that. So, what kind of progressed on from that? So, to say by maybe seventeen, eighteen. That was full on. That, that was
3: full on thrash metal. I was like Metallica, yeah. Megadeth, Slayer, and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to play guitar like that too. But then I discovered the Stooges' Funhouse, and all that changed. Got it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like, screw these bumblebee notes.
3: <laughs> I know. It's like, it like the Funhouse. <laughs> it's like at 18 years old, the Funhouse was like the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. like all music is
0: dead after the, It was one of those records. What was one of the uh, first? Because, well, I mean, yeah... Funhouse would be considered punk, but what kind of moved you toward the more punk stuff? Because you were saying that you did go through a moment of that. At least you said a second ago. I didn't you know, uh,
3: get the Ramones until post until post Stooges. Yeah, then yeah. i will watch Ramones videos and be like, oh, I totally get
0: it now. Got it. Yeah, see, see with me, it's like that was, even though you were saying, you know, I kind of grew up around it, it still took me a minute to kind of get my footing with it. <clears throat> because when Mom and I moved to South Carolina, uh, she tried very hard to be normal, you mm-hmm. know, listen to the radio rock. So, the earliest music memories I have is exactly the same thing as yours 80s hair metal. Mm-hmm. Because in Gaffney, South Carolina, which is right outside of Spartanburg, Greenville area that was what was accepted. You could listen to yeah. some 80s hair metal and be, you know, accepted. So she would listen to that sort of stuff. So that just kind of blended in the background of just being kind of whatever. And she would mix in like a little bit of like 80s new wave and like stuff like ABBA. like so I still can't fucking listen to ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of her old music, I've been able to give another chance to and like really enjoy like Depeche Mode, The Cure, you know, Bauhaus, shit like that still can't touch Apple. If I hear Fernando one more fucking time, (laughs) she would literally put that on, look at me and start laughing and pointing at me. That's
3: my dad with super tramp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, so she would just kind of start mixing that stuff in and, like she said on her episode, she wound up getting some KISS videotape and was watching it. And I came bouncing in one day. I was like, what is that? She's like, nothing. Go back to your room. I'm like, no, this looks cool.
1: And then his life was never the same. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then became obsessed with them. And then just eventually she was like, okay, here's the Ramones. I'm like, oh, here's the Misfits. <gasps> really the same. I was
1: really into the Ramones and the Misfits um but i don't know how i got into it in the first place because my parents would not listen to anything remotely similar to any of it. were that. they against any of it not really no yeah. they didn't they did not really care yeah some um, of my folks
0: were there's like he'll grow out of this because yeah, you all because you, you get one of the three parents you either get the super supportive one kind of like how mine was it was like here's the good shit listen to this yeah. then you get the ones that are just like that's the devil's music and well, then,
1: I, I did have that face like I had a bunch of posters in my room and a lot of stuff, and I would dress up weird. And my mom got so concerned, she started throwing everything away. She had like, it was this one day out of the blue, nothing had happened. She's like, This is the devil's work, and started ripping out everything and threw away some clothes and makeup. And I'm like, what? Which, which era
0: was this? The eighties hair metal? The no, emo? The
1: emo one, definitely. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: well, see, that didn't help because there was a lot of scare pieces going around on the news saying like, if your child listened to this kind of music, that means they were definitely oh, yeah. doing this, that, and the and other. Especially,
1: and- I think it's because I I grew up in another country and <clears throat> I didn't. I want. I don't want to say that I was secluded. But I was definitely judged. They would call me, like, they would tell me that I was too Americanized. Oh, and no. then, Yeah, because I would speak English all the time, and I had this accent. And then all of them, they wouldn't really learn English because they thought it was I There was a not, stigma to it. <clears throat> there, there was a stigma to it, you know? And then it uh-huh. made them feel lesser than if they didn't know how to speak English perfectly. Huh. So um, I think I was, like... I don't know. It it felt weird to my mom seeing me dress up a certain way that it wasn't normal, and not right. because it's you know rock or or wasn't whatever. Music, it, just, just, it just it just like was a, it was a cultural thing. Yeah. So, um, like she would have, if I had not told her that we had a rock and roll culture in Puerto Rico, she would have never known. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I think it was that that kind of concerned her. So um, I do find that interesting,
0: though, that it was um, more or less uh, where it was more or less she was concerned that um, you weren't respecting your you know culture and everything mm-hmm. by, you know, being so, I guess, in their eyes, Americanized by liking all this, you mm-hmm. know, music that was being pumped out from that. Yeah, I, I find I I wouldn't say that was necessarily interesting because a lot of times people go, that's interesting, and that's Mm -hmm. their polite way of going. That's kind of weird and fucked up. I say interesting actually in a making me think about way going, that's actually admirable that the culture was more important to her that...
1: No, I think it was totally religious, too. It was? Okay. <laughs> For the
0: most part, yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, I can, I can absolutely respect that quicker than, you know, just immediately jumping on it going, you know, this is the devil's no, work. No, was totally religious. Uh, <laughs> so I was going to say, it was, it was, I was right, going give her a little bit of this. I I try not to be a dick. <laughs> I,
3: was, I, was where I was like, rock and roll wasn't the devil where I grew up. The devil was Eminem in my time period. What? Everybody really? Was... They
0: treated that like like that
2: was because oh,
3: like- nobody was saying that stuff on the radio prior to this yeah. so it's like what's happening with the world he's saying this to the kids right now what's wrong with everything? oh wow yeah really it, was, it was interesting
0: it was a whole thing yeah <laughs> see no that, back in that same kind of gaffney spartanburg area that that wasn't really taboo. That was almost embraced. Like like I said, you know, you oh, the, 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 the country it. hillbillies were all of a sudden bumping around and they're no. fucking, you know, <laughs> shit. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Oh no, the kids loved it. The
3: parents lost their shit.
0: Man. <sighs> both, both were being supported in this because it was hell. I still remember one of my bullies, Lance Blakenship. He looked just like fucking Eminem with the bleached hair, all short yeah. and shit, and all wiry, talking on. Stop, please. You're in fourth grade. <laughs> now. Do you you meant- Actually, I'm one of those weird people. I will look people up like that because he is one of only three people in my grade school days. I remember their first and last name. Okay. Is <laughs> he I'll...
1: doing well? How's his family? Yeah. How's his mom?
0: <laughs> I looked him up and he's exactly what I thought he would have been. He grew up to be just one of those meathead fucking just bodybuilder types. Yeesh. So that's about all I know about. And I'm just like, cool. I <laughs> couldn't find good anyone else. Good, good for you. Good for you. I kicked you in the nuts once. I'm That's... satisfied. I was a fat little butterball boy. I couldn't fight. The best thing I had was a nut kick, and I'm glad I got it in. This episode is
3: dedicated to you, sir. <laughs>
2: Thanks.
3: Now, who are some of the uh, bands you would see on the regular uh, in the scene that um, when you were going to these things regularly?
1: Um I remember the first band that I ever saw was this band called Los Pepinillos, which is the pickles (laughs) in English. I (laughs) was sitting here going, I was
0: like, that sounds familiar. I know that. What is that? Oh pickles.
1: (laughs) And I remember I saw it at this venue. I cannot remember the name for the life of me. But it was located in all San Juan and it used to be a bank vault. And it still had the original door, and it was oh, wow. all brickwork. Cause old Ten Juan is like 400 years old, so a lot of these buildings are still original. Right. And it was super cool. It was really hot, but it was super cool. Like no <laughs> one giving them like, oh look at me playing with a bank vault. Woo! <laughs> <You know? laughs> that sounds pretty badass. Yeah, and you could go through it, and then the other side you could see that like it was connected to the bar. I don't know, whatever. Um, and then. One of my favorite bands was called Nothing, And actually, Mofe from Ladrones used to play in that band. Okay. Sadly, the lead singer died of uh, an overdose um, mm. last October. And what they did was his best friend, he used to play the bass, and he just replaced him. And I think that's the best thing that they could have ever done. Like, if some random dude had replaced him, it, would have, it, it wouldn't have done him justice. Right. But yeah. uh, I'd like to go to their shows. They were just... Their sound was way more different. It was harder and, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just the energy that they had and and the kind of friendship, like, you can tell how good a... Or just the connection that the ha- the band has when you see them play. They just... Mm-hmm. They're synchronized in such a way <sighs> that it looks... And it makes you feel good when yes. you're watching them play. And it's so, so aggressive. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So I used to uh, see them as well. I did see Ladrones maybe once or twice, but I didn't actually like, not that I didn't like their music, but I didn't actually start listening to them more until like after we started hanging out right. in Atlanta. Um, but I do remember seeing Valeria sing once and I was, God, she just has this fucking <laughs> energy when she plays, God, it it's so Isn't it so great good. when you
0: find a band and it's just like you enjoyed their music on record and this you, you see them live and it's like they did not disappoint and in fact and made mm-hmm. the album even better yeah for <laughs> sure it's so good,
1: it's
3: and it, say, so good. And it sounds like atlanta there's a lot of the atlanta community that embraces the puerto rican scene.
1: so far so good actually yeah I mean, so, so let's go ahead should...
0: and move into that since we kind of ta- tailing into that some anyway so you wind up making it into the states. so where did you wind up going first
1: um winston-salem okay. i was there for a few months maybe like three or so right and then i moved to greensboro they both equally suck yeah. <laughs> worst place in the world i was so depressed when i moved there i had like maybe three friends total in oh, both man. cities you know mm-hmm. which is bizarre because i'm one of the friendliest people you are are. hell you got me (laughs) out of my
2: shell.
0: you're friendly
2: i
1: know so
0: you created a new friendship out of me it's hard as hell to do that come on now i mean
1: i can still barely get you out of your house but like whatever no one can do that
2: (laughs) i can't get him out of the house
1: i have to come to your house to see you (laughs) hey i
0: have all the recording equipment
1: (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah and then
0: it's just here Um, Still on his schedule. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and then I was in Greensboro for almost a year, and then I moved here yes. to Charlotte, finally. So what
0: What was the decision to finally come to Charlotte? Because I know it wasn't our beautiful faces. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um... I plead the fifth <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was a, a few reasons that I'm not willing to discuss but for the most part I just needed to get out of there um, yeah. I knew that I, I needed to live in a place where more people and a place where I could find my own community and my own voice and um, also just to be able to start on my career I which just, I was going to say you
0: found a badass job over here yeah. tell us a little bit about that
1: Um, I work at a museum I'm not going to tell you where That's I work fine. because I don't know you guys might be creepy not you but like your five subscribers <laughs> they might be oh! creepy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding I, so I was going to so- say I
0: know exactly where you work anyway <laughs> <laughs> you post about it all the time
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no. really um, yeah but that's why my accounts are private now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, look at you! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm working at a museum, and I do a little bit of everything. I work with curating and exhibitions, and mostly um, education. And I really love it. Um, it keeps me busy, and um, so anyway. one of
0: those you listed off, I'm very curious about. What's the curation process like?
1: So, basically, because it's a it's a collection. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those museums that goes and buys of art. Like, they already have a collection, well, correct, so that they yeah. have to work around that. And they'll come up with a theme and choose their pieces. And sometimes they'll just have uh, works of art brought in from, you know, wherever. Like, right now we have a collection that came all the way from France, you right. know. Um, and then uh, I think... The CEO has the role of curator, and he'll work with our um, exhibitions manager and collections department. And um, for the most part, what I've been doing is just doing research for them. Right. The collect like the exhibit. It's already put in place. Everything's already done. I'm just doing like research for I don't know education purposes mm-hmm. or for their catalogs or everything. So um, it's very interesting. Um, Cause I don't really, the collections that we have, I don't really care about them, <laughs> but I recognize it as a professional. I have to learn about these movements or, right. or you know, these Whatever. artists. So uh, it's really exposing me to that. And I'm, I've learned a hell of a lot and i'm very grateful for that experience
0: because see we, we can wind up going down a real sticky uh subject line on this because when i hear curation of course that means you're picking you know what's going to show up as part of the exhibit in the exhibition which means there's yeses and nos mm-hmm. what constitutes as a no
2: <laughs>
1: and
0: then does that mean that's not art why did it get a no why is it not valid? Uh,
1: I mean, it just really depends on what the theme for the you know for the show is. Right. It might be that the message is not relevant enough, or okay. the artist but might be too. what if the message too... is
0: uh, not interpreted correctly, and the message actually That's is? That's completely
1: valid. subjective. <laughs> That's a problem with like contemporary with art and modern in art. In general. Oh God, I have very strong opinions about. Look, do
0: you see, I'm trying to poke you it, some. I, I want know. you to go. Down Oh, I know. I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely playing devil's advocate. I have no oh. problem with saying if something's art or not, but from someone that's professional, I'm curious oh, as to what really gets defined as I that.
1: literally just finished reading a book called, But Is It Art? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> So basically, uh, uh, yes, everything is art. <laughs> um, it's incredibly subjective, and you have to see it from a cultural, political Every socio yeah. everything aspect. Right. And you have to really like dig in into who created it, under what circumstances, when did that happen? And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not art, you know? Right. And then also for the purpose that it was created. Um, it's just, oh. <laughs> See, I, I definitely
0: agree <laughs> on that. And that seems like that certainly applies to a lot of classical art, but maybe some like contemporary or modern art. No, that's but that's,
1: bit... that's exactly what you need to be able to understand a piece right. by a, a contemporary artist. Like, for example, I remember when I went to MoMA in New York and I saw a rabbit made out of elephant poop. <laughs> you know, there are certain things that you go and you look at them and like, why it the fuck?
0: technically art. <laughs> well, see, the things that first, like, pop in my head is like, you know parents have literally sold, like, paintings of their children's, like, finger paints Mm -hmm. and said it's high-class art, and Mm -hmm. they'll sell it for, like, a couple grand. It's like, how is that baby's Uh non-conscious scribbles on a piece of paper any different than the next baby's (laughs) non-conscious scribbles on a piece of paper?
1: I have the same questions that you have right and, and that's why I'm asking you because
0: uh, you're more
2: wait,
3: educated than me I could draw a stick figure pretty well uh, <laughs> Does that count?
2: I'm sure but the <laughs> look on her
3: face <laughs> you're like I'm going to smack the hell out of you <laughs>
1: Actually, I am reading a book called Why Your Five-Year-Old Could Not Have Done That. Uh, (laughs) And it's meant to help you understand modern art. And they will show you, for example, for the most part, they have abstract art. So basically a a blank canvas with a red line. Mm -hmm. Um, And they will go and uh, have like five parts in this two, two pages. They show you the piece... Um, then they give you a little background of the artist and then a little background of the piece itself or the creation or whatever. And then it explains why the five-year-old could not have done that. Right. And then um, for the most part, it's because it has very strong political or religious or cultural connotations. Um, and then it's something that you cannot immediately see unless you understand the background of the artist. Right. Which is... For me, when I started that um, museum path, I had very strong opinions about modern and contemporary art. And um, I thought it was a very selfish movement because you had to go and basically learn the whole life of someone to be able to fully appreciate the art. Now, the whole point of contemporary art is to have it. A reaction or get a reaction out of you whether it's okay. good or it's bad if it makes you angry it's doing its fucking job but um... Now I realize that it kind of does help, and it would be foolish to not learn even a little bit about the artist to be able to understand the original purpose right. of the work of art. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I go to a contemporary art museum, and I'm like, I fucking hate this bullshit. <laughs> I fucking, this is so dumb. Why was this ever made? Why is this here? But see, my, I, my thought yeah. process
0: on that is Sometimes. so I absolutely get that train of thought and say, you know, the the red line on the white canvas, you know, maybe has. Like like a deep political or you know social meaning behind it and that if you actually dug in and maybe read up about the times and you know maybe mm-hmm. the artists that did it, you would understand that message. And I think that's really cool. I think the part that I maybe struggle with on that, maybe you can help me with, is only a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a group of people are actually going to do that. So mm-hmm. how effective is your message if someone like me i would maybe appreciate Mm -hmm. the message but if i'm in that museum and i see a white canvas with a red line on it my first thought isn't a fifth five-year-old could do it my first thought is why is this even here Mm -hmm. moving on (laughs) you know so it's like i absolutely get the reasons for it but i feel that maybe there would be a better way to get across that passionate message that they are trying to do
1: right um i agree with you um i think to some degree, and I'm sure that other people would agree with me. The art world as it is right now, or with like big institutions, it's mm-hmm. kind of I don't wanna use the word elitist. Because you do have but to we're have a certain um you have to have a certain degree of education to be able to understand what that person is trying to convey with the worker box. Right. Um but, you know, like they understand when they are creating the art that some people are not going to get it right away. So they have those two aspects, the one with the message and the one that is purely aesthetic. Right. Um, You know, it really depends on the person if they want to learn something mm-hmm. or they want to understand what's going on or they're just simply there to look at something and right. fear, feel so smart and fancy because they we went to the moma you know showing off their uh,
3: rich girlfriend or yeah, something yeah like
1: but that. i'm one of those people like i've been to so many museums in a span of four years i've been to over 75 museums holy so, shit. all over the world and i'm still one of, even though i'm a professional i'm one of those people who will not read i will not read the text <laughs> and i know that it'll help me but yeah. i just don't and, and then i go and look and i'm like why Right. Right. Why? And see, Um, and I
0: think that even kind of helps some. It's like someone that's even so passionate about art, does you know? And I'm not saying this is a knock, but even someone that is so passionate didn't think to even double check and mm -hmm. do the maybe read on the past thing. And that's why I'm just sitting here going, it's like there is maybe so much cool information that can be pulled from it, so you could gather the piece more. What's maybe a better way instead of just those little texts at the bottom that we Mm -hmm. can start conveying maybe the background message from this art to maybe have it be appreciated a bit Mm -hmm. more because. Even though I'm a rock and roller guy, hang out the milestone in Tommy's pub, it's like I do genuinely enjoy going to a museum. I do genuinely enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing history and, you know, experiencing that stuff. So, you know, I'm right with you where, you know, a lot can be pulled from it. And maybe I wish I even knew a bit more. And maybe now doing that, I'm going to look at a piece now and go, this is dumb. Why is it dumb? (laughs) And and look it up. So it's like there's a little bit more initiative. But until you actually brought that up, I would have never thought to do it. So what's maybe a way that, you know, since you're in the industry, is there a better way we can start conveying that background message?
1: I mean, you can always take a tour or you can use audio guides or there's even like... um, for example, when you go to the MoMA, they have an app and it's very customizable. And then you go see a piece of art and then you like it and you, you know, put it in your favorite list and then mm-hmm. you can look it up after the, you know, when you go home. Do your research. Like- that, yeah, that seems yeah, like a big you-
0: change because the Smithsonian, they were just like, no cell phones.
1: Yeah, actually, I went there not so long ago mm-hmm. and they weren't that strict.
0: Yeah, I, I went maybe. A little over five years ago now okay. at this point oh know. yeah yeah
1: well now uh, one of the biggest problems for the museum um, community is how do we integrate technology? without having it overtake the whole experience right Right. um it's very very difficult but it is necessary you cannot see a person nowadays not holding their phone for whatever reason so um they're trying to make the experience more tech friendly and um more dynamic and something that makes the people get involved because if it's just you standing there a lot of people are going to be deterred from visiting the museum in the first place so um it's and see I don't
0: for me personally and you know how much I'm fully you know enjoy tech and the way technology goes that that doesn't feel right to me Mm Because to me, it's like if you're going to a museum, you're supposed to be there for the tactile thing, even though you're not supposed to touch nothing. It's Mm -hmm. like it's still the physical thing of you are there with this, you know, piece of, you know, uh, sculpture, art, whatever it is. And it just feels like the more you try to integrate technology with that, the more it kind of cheapens the experience where it's like you have to bring in the technology to get people interested Mm -hmm. in it.
1: I mean, at least with younger generations, it definitely helps. Um, I don't think... Anyone younger than us knows how to have an experience without technology. (laughs) Nobody
0: ever knows is going to a museum by themselves and just... (laughs) Well, see, I think it it may be a fun way to integrate it. Do maybe more like a projection type stuff. Mm -hmm. Where it's like the the information you would get received on your phone is little things that would, you know, maybe move or be integrated. Like, you know, video screens or something
1: within. I remember a few years, probably maybe 10 years back or so, the Louvre... In Paris, they released a Nintendo DS game that kids could bring up and use. I remember that, yeah, and it was
0: almost like a, um, it was almost like a Google Maps thing, yeah, where you, because you know on Google Maps Street View, you can do like the VR thing through the phone Mm -hmm. now and kind of look around as if you're in the area. DS, that was an extreme. God, that played in perfectly. I've been nerding out <laughs> video game systems and shit on YouTube, so now I can take this part over. Nice. DS was actually one of the biggest and fastest uh, handheld consoles ever released, uh, even dwarfing the original uh, Nintendo like Pocket and the original like you know, brick one. That's actually, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's top in that little bucket right there. That's why I was <laughs> digging through all those. <laughs> I have proof that I want this bullshit. And um. Because of that, they were really trying to weech. Weech. Wow. <laughs> Reach.
3: <Little> weech. Wow. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm Law's Olwick now. Um, <laughs> with the walk and wall. um. <laughs> With the DS, they were trying to reach a much brighter, brighter, wow, I really can't talk today, broader audience. There you go. Good job. With things like brain age and other things that, you know, you could actually hit, you know, the 30 to 50 year old demographic. So that was one of the other things. They were trying to do a lot more educational tools through the DS that way. Everyone from a fucking toddler to a grandmother had an excuse to have a Nintendo DS. Smart. Mm-hmm. So one of the other things they would do on that is I think the there was a few others too. I think it was a, a edition of like maybe three or four really beautiful places that you can actually get a DS cartridge, plug it in, and it worked kinda like the Google Maps thing where you mm-hmm. could swipe around and look and do like a digital tour through your DS. That's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's it's <we're> nuts.
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah, I, I share um your opinion. I think it is both um it is good but it is bad trying to add all this technology into yeah. the museum experience. Um <clears throat> I did Work at a science museum back at home, and we had the um, uh, virtual reality systems. Mm. <clears throat> um, they were contained; like there was in this one small, small area that would not. Right. nobody's gonna trip over. But anything. that was also yeah, like but... the science,
0: and, yeah. to, and to me, that makes a lot more sense. It's like yes, Be- integrate yeah. more and more Be- in that. And not
1: also that it's only in that aspect, but also it would help in other kind of museums. But it helps you. For example, the VR systems that we had, it was like an underwater experience and you could see a- animals like almost too realistic that right. you otherwise would not have the experience to see. That's terrifying. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, would but, you do it? <clears throat> what, the VR thing? Mm-hmm. Of course, I did it in a million well,
0: times. Because, of course, first experiences with it is the, oh, my God, what was probably the one that almost freaked you out the hardest?
1: The fact that it had a great white shark. That's <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that like, I didn't know which an, I didn't know which animal got you. It was just like ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fish. But yeah. I like, <laughs> would be
0: scared of the pufferfish. You like, well, <laughs> fucking hell for me, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking pufferfish and <laughs> things get big and spiky.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of if I've ever had a. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> stuck on that
2: now.
3: Picture <laughs> BR pufferfish f- coming at me. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <Puffer> fish, <laughs> um,
1: I'm trying to think if I've ever had a, a like a really good or extraordinary technological experience of any of these museums that I've ever been to. Because for the most part, like they can tell, like it's gonna be way too much if we add like BR to a. Classical art museum, yeah. you know, like they know their limits. Right.
3: Um, when I did the uh, Grayson tour, they gave us like an iPad with a little guided tour, and mm-hmm. uh, the iPad was uh, just kind of had the room laid out and pointed out little details. And of who the is your it was your narrator? It's fucking John Stamos.
2: <laughs> Sick. <laughs> oh,
3: <yeah>. But dude. <laughs> But don't the <laughs> museums do stuff like that too? We have like little headset guided yeah, tours with yeah, like yeah. Uh, tablets all and shit like that. To for By the way, museum. when I was rehearsing for my role as Uncle Jesse in Full House, I took uh, this painting and applied it to this character and did this.
2: <laughs> Ew. Ew. Watch All
0: no. the Scenes is now on Hulu. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, oh uh, i lost my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) but i was asking if they do like oh Oh, yeah yeah um they do use those um at the museum that i'm working at now we bought the whole system we just haven't recorded anything i'm supposed to do like the spanish version of it oh that's gonna
2: be cool
1: how long will
0: that like because i know they try to uh you know cycle them out how long will that be a fixture I think that would actually be like if that stuck forever think about how cool that
2: would be
1: Who I knows? mean it's not stuck forever because the museum is so small they change their oh, exhibits yeah, so true. often Damn! so I would have I was to sitting be... here going I
0: was like you would be the permanent Can voice of it. imagine
1: be awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
0: because I, I always think about that sort of stuff. Like, you know, the people that had the lucky chance of recording all that shit when yeah, it first came in. They, and mm-hmm. it's like, and you know this audio is years old that you're listening I mean, to. they're
1: still going to keep it because it's part of the archives mm-hmm. or the history of the museum, especially because the museum is so young. Right. So it's still going to be there forever.
0: So many young minds Jeez, are going to be so educating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Someone doing some research about the museum uh-huh. 50 years from now and they found this beautiful voice recorded.
0: (laughs) In Uh, pristine quality. They're going to be like, who's that?
1: Beautiful Spanish they've ever heard in their life. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: You you gave me this look as if you had just that moment of like...
1: (laughs) Because I really want this to happen now.
2: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, just s- segment your best little moments of you talking about your past and everything, and then I'll make just a separate MP3 of just you speaking. <laughs> you send it to them and be like, hey.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how that goes.
0: No, I think that's really cool, though, that you're, you're able to do that.
1: I think so, too. They just haven't gone their shit together. And nothing's happening. Started
0: cracking yet. some Be like, yo.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: Cultural yeah. anthropologist, museum curator, and voice actor. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> and rock and roller.
1: Hell yeah. When
0: are you going to start a band? I don't know, dude. What can you play? And don't say anything. Everyone can play something.
1: <laughs> the electric cajon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Soak yeah, in that's anybody. That's
0: what we call a callback. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old callback, damn. Have you seen that guy at all recently?
3: I have. And actually that's who we played the Daisy Confuse thing with. And Was it? Uh-huh. That was, was he on drums? He was on
0: drums, okay. but all he does is accents.
2: <laughs> He's one of
0: those guys. <laughs> there was some joke in there about accents and the cone anyway. I just couldn't pull one out quick enough.
2: <laughs> Fair oh,
1: enough. Man. Oh man. That night was crazy. <laughs> he made has my he, night. Has <laughs> he had
0: any more moments like that?
3: <coughs> oh talking about him now uh, Actually Yeah the same one From last time
0: <laughs> He's
1: still on
0: that?
3: Uh huh
1: He needs what? a hug <laughs>
0: I, I still don't know Why that instrument Makes him so upset
2: It made him so mad <laughs> It's not a fucking instrument
1: Nice
3: No but uh, As far as uh, Puerto Rican Re- uh, Puerto Rican punk rock Man's go You introduced me to a lot of really good ones. Oh
1: yeah, I made you a whole playlist I completely forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh,
3: right? Davila, Davila's uh Davila, Say Say That's seis, the big seis, one, isn't it?
1: That's the biggest one. I'm actually going to see them July 22nd in Atlanta. It's going to be sick.
3: Again, Atlanta knows it shit with know, all with dude. all these Puerto Rican bands.
1: <clears throat> Fuck yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be a massive reunion. I'm very excited. Absolutely. I know that I'm gonna be a zombie the next day. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not driving. <laughs> and that my driving person is sober. There hey, you go. I lucked out.
0: You win. Good job.
3: I don't have
1: yeah.
0: anything to worry about on that one. Yep. You always run the risk of bringing like the one partier your friend, and you're just like, "Be my designated driver." They're like, "Sure!" Mm-hmm. Midway through the night, they're like, "What are you
2: doing?"
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. It's
1: just one. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be a great show. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of Puerto Ricans there. And actually, the person who's going with me is Claudio from Chocala. You guys know Chocala from here in Charlotte?
3: Uh, I don't personally know.
1: <clears throat> so, there's this band called Chocala, and it's um. Two brothers, um, Lisa and Claudio, and they play like Latin fusion or stuff like that. Okay. And. Um, <clears throat> oh, it's probably
0: heard of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they actually played at Petra's on Wednesday, and they're playing tonight at Snug.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but I'm going with Claudio because Claudio's also he's half Puerto Rican. And uh, so I wanted to introduce him to these bands because he hasn't really had a chance to, like, connect with the scene in Puerto Rico. Right. Um, But also, Ladrones is making their fucking way to Charlotte.
2: Hell yeah.
1: They don't have an official date yet, but they are talking with the people they need to talk to. Pretty sure they're going to be playing with Paint Fumes. It's going to be sick.
3: Paint Fumes Mm -hmm. is pretty involved with the Puerto Rican scene, too, aren't they? Because
1: they're fucking obsessed with Puerto Rico. Um, We're actually going in november
3: that's right they're okay. gonna be
1: playing in puerto rico excellent
3: and uh, and uh, who normally puts out these records in the states is it uh slovenly
1: slovenly yeah um <clears throat> and uh did we mention this already that they put yeah we not said, on the like, mic you know are you sure yeah I think we, we talked we were about downstairs about... for
3: a little bit but i don't think we talked about it on the mic yet Well,
1: slovenly has been involved in, with with puerto rico um they actually have a few bands in puerto rico there's another band that i just remembered uh they yeah, <clears throat> uh slovenly put up that show it was De rico in february that tommy and the commies and uh yeah, black lips yeah, yeah, yeah. uh played uh so they have a few of the bands in puerto rico in that uh record label so they're pretty involved um
3: I got a good roster too Like Tommy and the Commies And all that
1: Mm-hmm. I fucking love Tommy and the Commies That show was so fun It was so sick I feel so bad For mm-hmm. harassing Tommy But he was okay with it He's like I don't remember So it's fine I'm like
3: Yes <laughs> You win
1: But there is a picture of it There's like You're always
0: worried about that You're worried about bugging us Because like, you sent me a message Like the next day After we hung out down south You're like I hope I wasn't bugging you I was like No not at all so
1: Because you- I was really Coked up Alex So it doesn't matter <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was because I saw Mikey's face, and Mikey, the first time you meet him, it looks like he wants to, like, punch you in the face, or, like, he wants nothing to do with you. Usually people say that about
0: me. No,
3: But
1: but I felt that way about you both. Like, I think you might have felt uncomfortable...
0: Like literally nobody. Because I know what to say or do because I'm horrible with small talk. Right,
1: and I didn't quite comprehend that at first. Yeah. But then I just want to shut up, and you wouldn't talk, and so I was like, "Well, never mind. I'm just gonna go now." And then I'm like, "I'm sorry." Yeah. No, it's like I was just trying to figure out
0: where to go with it. I was like, mm, "I know nothing about her. I, I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to figure out something to say." Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, to be honest, I don't remember anything that I said to you that night.
0: I barely do either because I was waiting on other people to get there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> were not going to mention <laughs> mm-hmm. But whatever. It worked out. It was a great fucking night. Awesome uh, night. I'm glad that I met you guys. I'm glad that you met my friends. Yes. Uh, um Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, so
0: Yeah. We definitely got to see them play. So actually, did we get to see them play?
3: I don't think we... They played they that play Friday fi- night or they played that... Uh, s- they didn't play that Saturday, did they? They played that Friday or Thursday or something like that, right?
1: I think they played Friday. You guys play Saturday.
3: We played that Saturday. We came yeah. up that Friday, but you yeah, we... you did
1: not see them yeah. because
3: yeah.
0: you yeah, were we writing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Damn. Yeah, so I'm still gotta be able to see them. So definitely keep me updated on the um, milestone date, or I mean, snug. Or snug 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 date, whatever.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> I used mean, to automatically saying milestone. This is always where we wind up getting shows booked. I haven't <laughs>
1: been to the milestone since that last time you. I think it was the last time you played at the milestone. Okay. It was in April when I rode down didn't from
0: even stick around. Sorry! To see us I came drove in listen. Said, hey, and then left.
1: I drove all back the back from way D.C.
3: from DC. Day,
0: <laughs> drove all the way to Atlanta and you saw us. But we've you've lived here in town. She didn't drive down to see us. I didn't say to see <laughs> us. I said drove all the way down to Atlanta and saw us. Uh-huh. <laughs> But you've lived in our town for how long? And you have not been able to see us play live yet?
1: Have I not seen you guys you play? You have not, not no. seen
3: us Ooh. play live here yet. Shit. Uh-huh. We're getting shit booked uh-huh. now, too. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> anyway. Um, wait, aren't you guys playing at the Milestone, team?
3: Yeah, playing in a, well, With, uh, a, the Fireball Show. Yeah.
1: Well, I already put on Facebook that I was going.
0: Oh, well, I like think that means a lot on Facebook nowadays.
1: I mean, it does to me.
0: Well, you're different.
3: That, that, <laughs> that, that is true. She is genuine with her... Uh... So
2: am I. That's why I ignore 99% of them. Once
0: <laughs> <laughs> again, I suck at going out to shows. I know. Well,
3: I'm trying to... I don't know. I'm trying to get out and do a little bit more networking now, especially with all the cool stuff that's happening in Atlanta and... Uh, Okay. All these shows coming up in Charlotte, too.
1: You said you were going to the Summer Stunner. Yeah, show.
3: how was that? We were making a record. We were, we were supposed to be done by
0: then. <sighs> yeah, talk about more bullshit going on. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I guess I'll forgive you, whatever. <laughs> no. how was
0: uh, Stunner this year?
1: Well, it was my first time going. I had never gone. Um, Essentially
0: the same thing as a showdown. Well, down.
1: is it, though? Because I was comparing it to my experience with the showdown, and it was... It wasn't bad. It was a little bit underwhelming, yeah, but it was I mean, still I can see good. That because
0: of course Chase wouldn't want to book you know this exact same lineup, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, okay. and that and the one that was earlier in the year, that one was really stacked. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like basically any top tier he could pull, it was. he was Ooh, able
1: to it pull. Was so it was as good as I remember last year. And they
0: had like what.
3: Texas bands and West Coast bands come through too. It was just like scattered all over the place. Yeah, so
0: so so to try to pull that off, like what Mm -hmm. another three, four months later.
2: Yeah, you know.
1: Um, but they had like pretty cool bands. They had um, Paint Fumes. <clears throat> What's that band um,
3: I had Brower that Friday night. Brower, yes. Brower so fucking good. Brower is so
1: fucking Brower good. So good. Canvas I
0: love that band.
3: I, I love. It that. sounds so different from it doesn't from how it does on the record. It's great. It does. Oh yeah. my
1: god, so good. Um, they had Golden Pelicans. They had um. <clears throat> there was this band that you guys played with. I can't remember their name right now, but they added me on... Because lately, that's how I'm meeting a lot of these bands. They will add me on Instagram because I already have so many other bands and so many other people. Yeah. And I'm like where did you find me was, was one thing and why I'm, do you want to add me one but it okay, anyway that's one thing i've noticed
3: is like there's like this little network of like i um, rock and roll fans from across yeah. the country that all found their little lane on uh, instagram mm-hmm. and keep up with each other's shows and activities and stuff like that
1: yeah but they see that i'm friends with all these people and they try to add me and then um sometimes they'll say you yeah included. sometimes yeah. they'll say hi sometimes they don't and it's fine but uh man i'm really trying to they I think they played with you guys at the rim.
2: Um, or Oh man. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to find it. It
0: wasn't the dwarves.
3: <laughs> no, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. I can figure it out. Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry.
0: Out of context music started randomly playing
1: downstairs. <laughs> uh okay, let's see. I'm
0: trying to think like last few times
3: we played the rim, we've had Or maybe
1: I'm confusing it. <laughs>
3: There's a lot of bands from
0: Atlanta that play. That
1: yeah, I was, was going to say, any of the Atlanta bands
3: too. I could
0: think of, you probably would have already known. Right. Trying to that out, lineup too.
1: Fast Eddie. Fast Eddie. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, we haven't played with Fast Eddie yet,
1: oh, but those haven't? guys are
3: awesome. Like We've met them. They were at the show. Yeah. Yeah. They were okay. at Showdown. Fast uh, those, Eddie was yeah. at Stunner, though, weren't they?
1: <coughs> yes. Uh, they played uh, Sick Bags, Played That Night, mm-hmm, Fixed mm-hmm. Faces, um, fixed
3: Faces, we played with quite a bit too. Rumbler
1: played. Uh, Bad Mother did not play. I actually spoke to Dom that day. She saw... said,
2: oh, uh, yeah. I spoke to her
1: Molly, and yeah. she said that uh, someone couldn't make it out. So they just canceled last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I saw Elliot from. Uh, Uh, uh,
3: night talkers night talkers yeah Yeah, they were
1: supposed to play too but then they canceled as well but he was still there uh it was really cool to see him and his wife uh he's like one of the nicest fucking people it's ridiculous i
3: was talking with with dom the other day about the whole gibson uh suing dean thing and she was on a whole tirade about it for some (laughs) reason i love her
1: uh and um yeah i saw a bunch of people i saw ted from spaghetti town yeah and hung out with his wife for a little bit. I think we were just really drunk shit-talking in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> good, people. Yeah. Does he
3: stay pretty involved with uh, the Puerto Rican scene, too? Like, he seems pretty knowledgeable about that kind of stuff, too. Um,
1: we actually haven't had that. Um, I haven't spoken to him about that. I've had this uh, discussion with uh, Peter from uh, Slovenly Pete. But uh, I haven't really sat down and spoken to him. I haven't had a chance. But he's very involved, at least with Ladrones. They're very Mm -hmm. good friends. So I'm sure he's been around. Um, But yeah, Summer's Turner... Probably will not do it again. <laughs> 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 Definitely will go down to the showdown. Probably not summer, summer.
3: I don't know. Stunner was pretty wild last year. And uh, I, I think uh, I only went that Saturday and biters were uh, headlining. And that was when they were wrapping up everything. That I was like right before they just quit being a thing. Right. And they had, uh, they had it at 529, which is just slightly bigger than uh, the Earl. Too. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I've been there. Um, that's where it went the first night. I can't remember it. I think I was really drunk
3: <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and tired. That's the thing about those festivals. They, festivals they will leave you exhausted.
1: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Especially I, uh, I don't know. I didn't feel too tired <clears throat> during the um, uh, showdown. Slaughter Cube whooped my ass though. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that was me like we were outside all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. That
3: yeah, on our feet and uh, and uh, and hanging out with everybody raging until five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love those yeah, guys know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was actually a really fun day because we had to hang out with uh, Jackson uh, and then we got to hang out with uh, Andrew from The Stir for a little bit and then uh, Gunpowder because they played that day and then we hung out with them the rest of the night. Yeah, that's why I crashed with last... Last time I went to Stoner
3: was the uh, was uh, Sam's place, the Gunpowder House. It looked like the Gunpowder House with all the shit he had on the wall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Those guys are nuts. I love them. I can't wait to play with uh, Brad's new. Have you heard uh, Brad's new project, Satanic Panic?
1: Yeah,
3: it's so good. Oh my
0: god. Yep. The, the new EPs on Spotify. Uh, yeah, I think that you
1: one. posted about it and I listened to it. Mm. It was good.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're playing with them in West Virginia here soon. Why
1: Let's, are you guys playing West Virginia like far away where I cannot go see you?
0: Uh, there, you can probably. There, I mean, how how are we getting up there? I don't know. By a car. Well, yeah, but I think I have to work, work or there. something.
1: I mean, yeah, and that's why I'm complaining. It's like a total. It's a sometimes total personal We have to reason. work too, and we have to take
0: off work to do this. <laughs>
2: oh. Not
0: everyone in this band has a nine to five Monday through Friday. Hmm. (laughs) No, we go up there because, uh, no, because especially with this one, uh, with super jet, because Tony is good friends with all of them up there and Rems have been extremely supportive for the fill ins and everything that everything has been done. and, we're kind of just at the point in our lives where we're going where we're wanted. And that's why we keep going to Atlanta and that's why we keep going up there. It's like we go to the places that, you know, support and love the music like you do. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, there's, we're finding more and more people that love it and support it like you do. And we, we want to lift those people up and show them as much appreciation as possible.
1: That's really fucking cool. You've been
3: showing me some really cool shit here in the last few months, too. Like even in, Winston-Salem and in Greensboro, you've been introducing me to folks like the girls and shit like that. Oh,
1: shit. That band from Wilmington, they're so <laughs> good. <laughs>
3: That's right.
0: Out of context. It's like, you showed me the girls the other night. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I really like
2: that. You're like, well. It's a band, y'all. It's a band. It's the girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. Show me the girls. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I would say they better take this and use it as a slogan now. <laughs> <laughs> if no.
1: they're listening. Yes. Uh, it's that three kids Playing in suits, they look really rock and roll. They're really cool seeing them play live. They just hype the whole place. It doesn't Excellent. matter if it's like 10 people or a room full of 50. It's just an amazing environment to be in. And I it's so that. good. Yeah. Sounds up our alley. Yeah, they're really, really cool. Well,
0: I guess I got to check out the girls then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, they, for the most part, they play... Only in Wilmington. I think they'll do like a show out. I don't know. I
3: haven't got it all that much. I think they're supposed to be doing a repo. It.
1: I saw them appearance. for my birthday in oh, yeah? Winston in January. I think yeah. Um, and it was really cool. I don't remember who played that show that night. Oh yeah, this band, um, coding Hayes, from okay. um, I don't know somewhere. I can't remember the name of that <laughs> town. It's like a four letter
3: nowhere special
1: nowhere special yeah <laughs> uh but it was really cool um i really appreciate that band that girl um that place for that band is really cool um but yeah the girls are great check them out uh but i'm not driving to wilmington to see them sorry <laughs> <laughs>
3: like i said i think they got a repo appearance at some point I say, it sounds
0: like we gotta you pull think? the girls out <laughs> <laughs> I will not be able to stop. I was going to say, (laughs) now he's just on a roll. I'm a fucking 13 year old boy. I don't care.
2: (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Surprise. Ah! (laughs) So, uh,
0: you're in Charlotte now, but after living here long enough, I definitely know this is not your final destination of where you want to spend the rest of your life. If you could ever pick any place, (sighs) Where would you wind up living?
1: In the world, I would pick Madrid, Spain. Really, it's so sick. It reminded me of home, but like way better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really
0: drawn you to
2: it?
1: Um, it's just the culture and the way people live around there. Like we start partying over here at like ten, they start partying over there at like midnight. Uh, we start they... partying
3: at ten. We you talking about <laughs> i
1: mean i'll be out the door i'll probably get there to wherever i'm going at like 10 30 i'm already like drinking but Fair like enough. over there everyone just they just go home after work and start drinking at home like pre-drinking and then mm-hmm. they go drink out some more and then come home super late and they're just so much like chill everything's like a slower pace uh but also they have like really high standards for everything right and it's, i don't know man i just I remember my experience there and even though it was really sad for me because as I was Trying to enjoy my vacation in Madrid, that's when the hurricane happened. So no, for the most no, part, I was no. really drunk and crying, and people couldn't know if I was crying because I was looking at beautiful works of art or because <laughs> something was wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah. So what's um, wrong now?
3: That's gonna be <laughs> my next beautiful. question. That's yeah. gonna be my next question. How's the art culture over there?
1: Oh, it's amazing. They. It's very important for them to. Uh, conserve and protect their heritage. So they will, you know, try to salvage as many uh, building they can find anything with any important uh, historic significance, they will uh, try to keep reusing and um, I mean, I went to the uh, Royal Arts Academy that has been there for centuries, and it's still as important as it was or as it used to be so uh it was really nice to be able to enjoy that and see it from a perspective of someone who comes from a country that used to be colonized by the damn spanish (laughs) um i could totally see how we have so many similar things in our that we share in our, our cultures even though now puerto rico is so americanized we still have a lot of spanish in us so um it was really cool to be able to see that firsthand uh but just being able to, like, party and get along with all, all these people and just... So you could to...
3: party comfortably it sounds. Oh, like. for sure, yeah. <laughs> I looked
1: like a natural. Like, people would look at me and they could not tell that I was a foreigner until I opened my mouth. But, <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, it was cool.
0: Well, Cap, where, cause where would you London up going? I know I'm thinking
3: about that now. It's just like, I don't know. I try to travel as much as possible whenever I can and I used to be more active about it a couple years ago and uh, I've been to like just about every other destination spot in America except for New York City so I don't know it's like I don't want to move to LA I don't want to move to the Midwest yeah I think you know as much as we give
0: Charlotte hell at least it's comfortable weather
3: wise over here
1: the what more... do you mean comfortable
0: weather-wise no, 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 no. over yeah. here, motherfucker? The my AC has been out for the past two days. Don't talk about comfort. I <laughs> live
3: in dry heat, too, in Tennessee. And, then right. and you get out with the dry heat, and everything just looks boring.
0: I'd rather have the dry heat than all this fucking humidity. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. The humidity chokes me out. I don't
3: know. It's I guess like, cause it's because I lived in like just middle-of-nowhere flatland for 18 years and got yeah. over it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can get that. Yeah, but also the more... I grew up, and the older I am, the less I want to move to these, like, big cities. Mm-hmm. I used to love the idea of moving to New York, and then I'm a grown-ass woman, and I'm like, hell no! There's <laughs> no way I'm paying that much money for anything!
0: See, that's the only thing that is keeping me from it. It's like, outside of that, I want to move to a bigger city. Is this like, for me, it's like, I keep saying I want to go to Atlanta, and I want to move to Atlanta, and it's like, may eventually, but it's like, out of all places I've at least been that I really like... Austin, Texas Mm -hmm. and Philly those have been my two places that it's like when I was in the thick of it I was like wow
2: I, think-
0: I feel at home here. i yeah. like this. It's That's like nice. it just. It felt like I wasn't a tourist. It just yeah. felt like after a few minutes of understanding where I was, I was like, "All right, I got this, guys." <laughs> you
3: know what I really like? The one time I traveled out to it was like the actual local Vegas. Like really? The, yeah. I, I don't know what it was when I last day we were there. Uh, after we did all the touristy shit, we went and checked out Fremont Street and then talked with local bartenders and stuff like that too. Nice. And uh, that was a lot of fun so we are just like making fun of tourist cliches and shit like that <laughs> you being like, a I'm tourist like, do, yourself exactly like, how do i not be this it's like what's real vegas like and shit like that
0: rule number one don't buy the lemmy hoodie <laughs> i like my lemmy hoodie <laughs> no, i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just you live you've literally oh, said yeah. touristy I, so I, well yeah as a
3: motorhead fan you go to the rainbow at least once <laughs> Well, I'd have to also. Exactly, you do the cliche thing: get a Jack and Coke, take a picture with the statue, <laughs> and then go to the
0: New York airport and see CBGBs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
0: <laughs> I think that's the air uh, New York airport. It's I'm, it's in some airport is now CBGBs. I, I know
3: Manitoba's is closing in New York too, so I'm just like, oh man, where do I where do I want even want to go now? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I know they still got the uh, the, the uh, little clothes shop that's up there. The I need more. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, did you guys see those pictures or that thing that someone posted on Facebook that the Milestone is one of the oldest venues, like next to like CBGBs? Oh yeah, again? yeah, that it, is, it, is so it was, it cool. was,
0: it was them and CBGBs for the longest time. But then ever since uh, CBGBs is gone, I'm. sure and someone can correct me on it, but I'm pretty sure under the realm of alternative and rock and roll, uh, the Milestone is the longest running or the longest still standing building of rock and roll. I think there's a few venues that may have outlasted them because Milestone did shut down a few times. <clears throat> they they hadn't been constantly running, and they weren't down for a long time, but there was periods where they were shut down. Nice. But um, I think as it stands for the building and the name, definitely the longest running at this point.
1: That's really fucking
0: cool. A lot of history. Most, probably where we played the most so far, right? <laughs> uh, at this point, yeah, because uh, we played a lot at Tremont. And then uh, when Tremont went away, we started playing the Milestone a lot more again.
3: There's not really like any like rock clubs around here they're, they're working on it but like the pe- when people think rock clubs here in Charlotte is they still say the milestone.
0: Yeah, and I mean and Snug has its place but yeah. Not for a band like us, mm-hmm. you know. It's like we're we're a little too loud and you know everything else for a venue like that. And the
3: paint fumes can play over there uh, quite a bit, but they have like a very specific sound that works for that room too.
1: Yeah, and the bands that they bring usually mm-hmm. to play with them, it's all very it all connects, so it works yeah. out fine. They're
0: also a bit more <laughs> in the alternative art. I wouldn't even say artsy, but a bit more. Um, it's scaled back. It's rock and roll, but it's, it is rock and roll. But there's a bit more of an interest intricacy to it. Yeah. Now I'm trying to figure out a way because the words I'm thinking of sound derogatory, but I'm not meaning it in a derogatory mm-hmm. way. They just they do a lot more and they're a lot more experimental with the sound and that works for the climate at SNUG. Mm-hmm. Where with us, we're a little bit more no Volume here, loud, (laughs) here. Where with them, they're like, oh yeah, we can bring it down some, check it out. We'll rewrite the fucking song. Check this out. You know, so it's like... Dude,
1: okay. Yeah, I'm not saying that
0: as a negative. I was trying to figure out a good way to convey that as a positive.
1: That's (laughs) a great fucking thing about this band. They're so fucking good. They, I mean, they're doing so well. They do tours all the fucking time. I think they may or may not be doing um, Europe this year. But the thing is, they are so capable of doing anything in whatever situation. I think a month ago, they were playing at Snug with, I don't know what band. It was like an afternoon show. And Elijah started puking, and he kept singing while he was fucking puking. Who does that? Who does
3: that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Was was he dehydrated? Shut up. I tried.
1: (laughs) But... That, like he wasn't even drunk that day like we don't know what so happened so he probably was dehydrated <clears throat> i don't know what's going on with him that day but he he just kept fucking playing that was nuts. super rock and roll that was so fucking cool and uh they didn't even fucking flinch they just kept fucking going and yeah. killed it they are amazing see i
0: actually feel bad for him because it's like because that sounds like moments where he was like having to sing and still go mm-hmm. at least with mine i was able to go keep it in Ooh. and then just like right at the end of a line just go ha! And, then like, and then pop right back yeah. in so it's like I wasn't at least abusing the microphone right,
1: right. sick but then they took a picture of the puke and then used it for like promo well, of course
0: they <laughs>
3: got a new video out that's pretty wild where it's kind of in that aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> just running around just being drunk yeah. and I think it was legit drunk too on camera
1: yeah. <laughs> The new paint fumes? Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that video so much. (laughs) Because it is paint. It is the most realistic depiction of paint fumes. Elijah and Josh wrestling each other, Elijah puking. Like, if (laughs) Elijah's not puking, it is not paint fumes. So, uh, it's really fucking. Oh, I love them so much. They're idiots. But, uh, yeah, so.
3: I like, I like pleather too. I've seen. Uh, I think I've seen pleather more these days than uh, paint fumes recently.
1: Oh, they're fucking
3: done. Put, again?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that residency
3: fucking killed it, didn't it?
0: Yeah. I have a theory about those fucking residencies, man. Every single time I see a band doing a residency at a uh, snug, mm-hmm. dead honest, within about a few months they are done.
1: Yeah. I don't.
0: I don't understand why bands do it.
3: <laughs> I asked Alec about that, too. I'm like, "This is this a good idea, man? He goes, oh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs>
0: like, seriously. Like, just... You... The only bands that can get away with that are jam bands.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Like, not bands that have, like, albums and specific sets that they play. It's like... No, I don't care how good the band is. Yeah. No one wants to see you every single weekend at yeah. that venue. It just I don't care how good you are. My favorite band ever could do that, and I would go for maybe the first two.
2: Yeah. After that, yeah. I'm like, I'm
0: honestly good now. I'll just hang out and maybe catch you guys on the par- I would rather just hang out with you guys
1: than see you play <laughs> again. Yeah, You're playing the same shit again. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that was it. Because um, Alec does the writing and Elijah just sings and helps out with music. Yeah, But they just kind of grew tired of it. Which it, is a shame because I really did like leather. Mm, they were pretty good. They kind of sounded like... Paint fumes, but with a bass bass. player. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) with a bass player. Oh, Nick
3: Pugh's about to come out with a solo album too, isn't he? Huh? Isn't Nick who? Nick,
1: Nick, Nick. Oh, so uh, Nick used to play pleather, but now he's playing with Fixed Faces. Yeah, I saw. I saw him playing guitar. It was sick. It was really good. Um, but yeah, he has a show coming up. I think it's at Pedras.
3: It might be. It might be uh, this time. Oh, right! When this episode drops, it might be Probably. around right around that time. Yeah, I think it's yep. like the twelfth. Oh forward. yeah,
1: um, I'm I'm gonna this be this coming Friday. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna be here. Sorry, Nick. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wop wop.
1: Love you, Nick. Everyone else, go out. Let's
0: listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else that we want to hit on here? Do we feel that this has been a pretty good episode?
3: I'll probably have to go pick up some gear in a bit. because I got to play some Geezer Butler bass.
0: Go play you some Geezer Butler bass. But before we boogie on out of here, even though we've been talking about a bunch of bands, as per tradition, it's about time for us to dig on into our Spotify playlists and figure out what the hell you've been listening to. (laughs) What you listening to, son?
2: I don't think you like it.
0: Well, why not? I like this new generation of music.
3: Where did you record this?
2: I bought it at the mall.
3: What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder.
0: <laughs> well, cap what you been listening to?
3: Man, I've listened to nothing but Graveyard all week. Okay. Uh, from Sweden. They sound like if Rocky Erickson sang for Black Sabbath. Okay. It's pretty fucking dope. Uh, I was on a kit with them. Uh, a friend of mine introduced them to me a few years ago, and, uh, and I got into... Jim Blues, that's what I've been listening to uh, frequently this week, and I totally missed. that they put out an album last year called Peace. And that's really good, too, but... Since I've been diving back into it, I've been listening to Hens and Jim Blues. If I'm even saying that right, (laughs) (laughs) it's Swedish. (laughs) (laughs) Swedish. That and Lights Out. I didn't have Lights Out when I was getting into it, but now that I've rediscovered Lights Out, uh, it's awesome.
0: And you say it's kind of like Black
3: Sabbath-y, kind of like you know stoner metal, doom metal, whatever. It's not. It's it's really clean guitar tones. Really set like clean. orange and gibson style guitar uh, tones without any pedals or anything like that but so. just like riffage wise it's probably close to sabbath or yeah closer to like first album sabbath word got it with a really good boy.
2: oh that
0: i forget his name but he sings so well <laughs> i really like his voice i do you're just tip-tapping away over there, but Miss Terry, what you have been listening to?
1: Well, I know that I have not shut up about Ladrones, yes. but Ladrones recently released their first LP. Oh, it is beautiful. Is. I actually got it in the mail yesterday. It is see-through, it's transparent. It's so beautiful. And uh, so it's their first one. Actually, they're having one of their songs being played um, on the show, Queen of the South.
2: Ooh. That is so
1: cool. And uh so their album is called I think they it's self titled, like it's ladrones but mm-hmm. I think originally it was um El Tiempo no es la cura, like time is not the cure. Right. And uh I've been listening to it nonstop. I think my favorite song is called I'm not afraid to die. Well, uh I'll tell you what,
0: if you have any sort of pull with them, since they're awesome big bad rock stars now, since we do like featuring songs at the end of this episode. Definitely see if you can hook us up with a yeah. track and we'll be more than happy to slap them on at the end of this. Oh, awesome, yeah.
1: Actually, sure. it's called I'm Not Afraid to Lose. It's Not Afraid to Die. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm Not Afraid Same to Lose. Same
0: concept. <laughs>
1: yep. Not um, afraid to lose,
0: not afraid to die. I am afraid nothing, motherfucker.
3: Now it's a Motorhead song.
0: Sick. <laughs> I want it. Well, badass, and mine. I'm just doing an easy cop out because, dead serious, I just hadn't played it front to back recently. But um, the second Dirtbag Love Affair album, um, uh, it was ah, fuck. I don't have my <laughs> th- I don't have my phone with me. I was gonna really just go on the fly with all this because their latest one was all spit. Good Riddance. Good Riddance, Yeah. And um, it, it just that one really just sent me back into a uh, a time warp because I played it, played it, played it when it first came out, and I think it came out in like 2012, 2013, somewhere in that area. 2012 I think and um Yeah, it it was just by the time that came out, that's why I had already moved back to Charlotte. I was living with Tony. Davey lived across the way with Devin. And it's just that whole recording process and working it out and then releasing it. It's like I remember just being such in the trenches of all of it and had listened to it forever and just popped it back in and just going through all those songs again just brought back a bunch of really cool memories. So definitely check that one out. Um, Some of the favorite ones on there, they did re-records of uh, like Too Drunk to Fall in Love and uh, Keyster's.
3: Yeah. those are
0: re-records but then there's some new ones like Liberty and um, probably my favorite one though is still Growing Up that's probably one of my favorite ones that are uh, Survive those I'll, are some really fun ones I'm
3: really enjoying playing with Davey and Tony oh yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's also what kind of sparked that back up it's like you know I, I love those guys just so much and to be able to finally play in a band with them, you know, this is really fun. Just being on the outskirts of it, maybe hopping up and singing a song or two or whatever, you know, playing in Goliath with Tony or, you know, having Davey sit in on bass for us, you know, a few songs with, you know, whatever band, but just being able to play full with them after all this time, is just really fun. And just going back down those, those old memories of seeing how everything just kind of lined up to where they are today. And then what Tony and I are about to do and all this other stuff, it's, just a fun little album at this point.
1: It's like it was meant to be. It was meant to be. It's so cute. Aww. <laughs>
0: well, this has been another fun episode of the Something Good For You podcast. Terry, again, thank you so much for coming on in. You're
1: welcome. You were supposed to
0: be in here sooner, but I'm glad we finally got you in.
1: It took only three months. Only three months. <laughs> only three months. <laughs> it's been very fun. Um, thank you guys for having me. Um, hopefully this will happen again in another three months? Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Maybe four.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll pencil you in. And guys, if you listen to this on iTunes or Spreaker or anywhere you are, definitely give us an honest review with five stars appreciated. But if you hate this shit, give us one star and I'll fucking talk about it on the show. I don't care. Yeah. Be honest with me. I hate fakeness. <laughs> and while you're at, it, if you want to follow us on those social medias, I'm trying to get a little bit better at that. That is at something GFY on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And outside of that, we've got a few shows lined up, but just go to thefillins.com to see all that bullshit.
1: Cap, do you have an
0: outro for us? Uh, yes. Uh go check out Ladrones, they're badass.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs>
3: Another amazing production from the Cult of Dave
0: Podcast Network.
2: Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.